back from, I arrived in South Florida uh, right, out of, right out of school, uh, graduate school in 1971, went to work for the state of Florida and uh, working for the state of Florida, I was the one who interviewed the boys and, and uh, their families and if they needed a program, I'd find a program for them or detention or whatever it was. And, uh, but I, I was a believer and I wasn't allowed to share the gospel. And uh, finally my boss, whose dad was a pastor, Herb Burroughs, my boss made the statement, uh, okay, you can't initiate. Put a Bible on your desk. If somebody asks you about the Bible, then you can do it. Because uh, he knew I was dying. And so um, I, I did it and had several want to talk to me about it and, and initiated. But I found this place in Hollywood, uh, a little house called Sheridan House, and had uh, 12 boys, a set of house parents and a director. And I filled it with my boys. And uh, for five years, they had a different director every year, every year, every year, because they didn't have any money. No one was getting paid anything. And finally, uh, after five years, I kept applying for the job, and they kept turning me down, and I'd apply for the job, and they turned me down. And finally, they had no options, either close down, or they had to, so I got it by default. Uh, there was no options whatsoever, so I got, to, I got to come to that little house, and yes, and watching, uh, I, and honestly, I went there. Uh, I was gonna rescue Sheridan House. Yeah, and it got worse. And it got worse and worse and worse and worse, and it was horrible. And uh, I remember one day driving, I, I, was, I was also the maintenance man, and Charlie will tell you I don't even know how to use a power tool, but I was also the maintenance man there uh, and taught the boys how to do stuff. And um, I would drive early on Mondays, uh, 6 a.m. on Mondays, and pick up free groceries from Publix. And our, I think it was 27-year-old uh, truck broke down, and it was done. And I, uh, Roseman came and picked me up on Sheridan Street and drove me back to Sheridan House. And I don't know what we're going to do, how we're going to get groceries. I mean, I guess my little car could do it. And uh, Nor Some of you have been around long enough to remember the name Norm Evans, Vern Denherder, and Mike Colon, all three dolphins, uh, came to Sheridan House. And they said, uh, what does Sheridan House need? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I didn't even know how to. I mean, what are you talking about? And I said, uh, we had a truck that broke down. And Vern Denherder did the commercials uh, for Hollywood Chrysler Plymouth or whatever it was called back then. And he said, well, I can get you a truck. I mean, we, we want to give you some money, but you don't need to spend any money on, it, on that. I can get you a truck. And I said, well, what money are you talking about? Well, he said, Shula has a fund, and he finds you if you're over the weight. He, he has a certain weight, and he, each of us are assigned to be. And he, and he said, Larry Zanka has put thousands <laughs> in, in, into that fund. And so let us, get you, let us get you the money. And so they did that. They got us a truck. They even got the word Sheridan House put on the side. And uh, honestly, I drove around uh, Broward County just crying. How do you do this, Bob? I can do it all, but you're in the way. You're in the way. Stop. Just do your job. Just do your job. Yeah, Paul is trying to tell us some stuff here to, in this passage we're going to look at. And it's, it's, it's number one on your outline. Paul already told them that their new life is not about religion and rules. Their new life is about power and purpose. Power. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Power. Power. Your new power is now from Almighty God rather than you and your personal desires. Rather than you and your personal desires. Yeah, I, it's... it's, it's, it's fun now, watching people come from different places for a tour here. 
and showing him stuff. And how'd you get that? And me saying, I don't know God. How'd you get that? I don't know God. How'd you get that? It's just fun. And, and, and he does it even bigger um, with um, pagans. With, with the pagans that came and were telling us we couldn't get, pick up groceries in the pickup truck anymore from Trader Joe's. And we get groceries every day from Trader Joe's. And we couldn't use the pickup truck. And um, Rick says, can we use a panel truck? And shows him a picture of the panel truck that Greg Wallach uh, from Best Roofs said, I have a panel truck, do you want it? And then he called back, and how, how'd you get that? We don't, vegetable, <laughs> vegetables, meats. Your purpose is to serve God wherever you are and watch him do things with you that you never dreamed were possible. Yeah, he's got stuff for us. It says in Colossians 3.3, 3, and it's on your outline. I'm sorry, it's not on the screen. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Yeah, your old life died, and there's a lot that died. First of all, my sin died. I'm, I'm brand new again. We had, Rosemary had the most interesting conversation with an amazing, godly, unbelievable woman yesterday. And this, this lady, amazing, she's a writer, she all these different things, loves Jesus, and she needed to talk to Rosemary, and she said, I just feel like I need to tell you this. I used to be a prostitute. <laughs> and innocent Rosemary is just kind of not knowing, what do I do with this? And she said, yeah, not a street. I was high-end flying on Learjets, used to be a prostitute. And this lady's my age, so that's used to be as a big word uh, 50 years ago. And she said, and then... I came to Christ. Somebody took me to church. I came to Christ and realized, and I love what she said, I realized I was a virgin all over again. You know, this, this old life, yeah, first of all, when you came to Christ, your past died. My past died. And I was a mess before I came to Christ. And my past died. I mean, a mess. And Rosemary keeps telling me, you need to go back... We, you need to go back to your college reunion? I don't want to go back. That was such a mess in college. But, that, but they all know now. They've been coming to town all the way from Knoxville or wherever to see. I don't want to go back. I don't, I don't want to see things on that campus. I don't want to. Bob, new life. For you died to this life. And your real life is hidden. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So it's not just that my past died, but... I have a new life, new hope, new things I can do, new amazing, 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 amazing things I can do. And the only reason I can do them is because of Christ. We talked about this a little last two weeks ago. I had somebody asked me, a pastor asked me at lunch last week, um, how did these pastors crash in recent years? And uh, he said, do you think so-and-so was always a fake? And I said, no, I think he was godly and amazing but here's what happens as a man we have a hard time handling success properly and all of a sudden success and all of a sudden look what god's doing and all of a sudden look what god and i are doing and then all of a sudden look what i'm doing and maybe i should speak at a church growth conference no i didn't do it but success we all have problems with success because a word creeps in the word is deserve I deserve to touch some of that. Deserve. I deserve to look at that. She's not meeting my what? Deserve. 
and backing away, realizing, no. And verse 4 goes on to say, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And so, through my life and the things that happen in my life, I need to be pointing that way, not this way. Yeah, look at me. I got a call a couple summers ago Would I come speak at a, at a vision conference in um, uh, Atlanta. Um, and would you come speak at this vision conference? And so I said, what do you want me to talk about? Well, oh, vision, how you got your vision for you. And I said, wow, it would be a one-sentence speech. Thanks, I'm not coming. And he's real quiet. I said, we didn't do this. He had the vision. We didn't start any of these ministries. I mean, I'm reluctantly sharing groceries with these two single moms. And then all of a sudden, another single mom sharing groceries, and she didn't have a car. And remember, she's the one that said, do you ever get cars? No. This was back in 1979. No, she said, if you got one, uh, would you consider me? Because I'm pushing the groceries out to her uh, car, and there's there only three cars in the, drive, in the parking lot at Sheridan House on the old campus, and it was three employee cars. And uh, so I said, Beverly, I still remember her name. Beverly, where's your car? She said he'd stop making the payments, and it got repossessed, my ex. And so she said, if you ever get a car, would you consider me? And I sort of flippantly, you pray about it. We get a car, it's yours. And that afternoon, the hospital administrator at the old Pembroke Pines Hospital calls, and uh, he's hilarious, pagan as can be. And he says, Barnes, and this was 4 o'clock. Beverly was there at 10, 4 o'clock. Barnes, get, get over here right now. Do you guys take cars? And I said, oh, yeah. And I uh, never have, but I didn't tell him that. Yeah, we take cars. And he says, well, I went to trade in my wife's car uh, at lunch today, and I can't believe what they think it's worth. And the CFO here says it's probably better as a donation. You can do better. Uh, so get over here, and, and let's do this title thing. And so I drive over in my ancient Chevy uh, to pick up a three-year-old Volvo. Uh, yeah, wondering how I could swap them and give her my Chevy and drive the Volvo around town. Realized that wouldn't work. And watching this happen, I go home and tell Rosemary the story. She said, well, you do realize you're in a single mom ministry, right? I go, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got you in whatever it is you do. Whatever it is you do. Yeah, it, it, Philippians 1.27, above all, you must live and he's talking about here, as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I, Paul is saying, whether I come see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. He starts that with above all. Do you realize above all, above everything you do here, do the people around you see your faith? It's, it's hilarious because we've got some new people from Michigan moved across the street from my house. And I'm in a zero-lot line neighborhood. So my front door is here, and their front door is where you are, really close across the street. And uh, somebody, we always know, it's happened two other times, somebody obviously told them, be careful of them, they're religious wackos or something, because they won't even make eye contact. They'll come, they'll come out, and I'll come out and get ready to wave, and they're just kind of looking like they're looking for quarters on the street and get in their car. And finally, Rosemary has taken them some cookies with two of our grandchildren, uh, so they had to be relatively... They still haven't made eye contact with me. But it, it's funny, and you, you look for opportunities, and, and it, your job is not to succeed. Your job is to be available, just to be available for people to see... Yeah, him. 
It's all him. It's all him. It's all him. Uh, Philippians continuing in Philippians 2.12. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Yeah, isn't it amazing when a pagan goes down or has an affair or whatever, never makes the news, when a pastor goes down or has an affair, you know, we had to make good, make good Morning America nationally in this town. And people are all, forget that there are, hello, 1,200 churches in Broward County alone? So 1,200 lead pastors? And three go down in four years? And because they were successful and didn't know how to handle it? Yeah, we are called to live it out. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's in here. When you come to Christ, it's in here. There's a power in here. There's an amazing ability in here to, to watch things happen that you, wow, I never would have thought that. I never would have thought that. Yeah, for you died, Colossians 3.3, 3, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Yeah. When we are in the process of making Christ our Lord, not just our Savior, he does all the work of becoming my Savior. He died on the cross to save me. But there's a process. You are my Lord. Every decision, every thought, I'm, I'm, I'm conforming to, the, to you, Lord. Uh, not just Savior, but our Lord. We need to change our desires. We need to change our desires. And I got to tell you, and, and everybody's desires have different lists, and these Bible studies come out basically of my morning devotions, uh, and I, I'm a tactile learner, so I type them up on my, my laptop. But um, I, I grew up in a home of a man where money was everything. Grew up in the Depression. When the Depression hit, all the Barneses went back to a, play, a little village in, uh, in the middle of Virginia, middle of nowhere, called Newmarket. And Newmarket, Virginia doesn't have 900 people, but they have the Barnes Hotel with seven rooms. And everybody went back to the Barnes Hotel, and one of the Barneses owned a hog farm, so they ate pork all the time. And my dad just it whacked him out, and then he was working in, in Washington, D.C., and there was a man that came to Washington, D.C., um, looking for various people named Tom Watson. And Watson uh, owned a company that made time clocks, uh, but he also knew something was coming called computers. And so Watson started a company called IBM and got these 20 guys, my dad's age and all of them, and offered them salary, 50% salary, 50% stock, and money became so important to my dad. And him, the phrase I heard around the house, Bobby, money makes the world go round, money makes the world go round, money makes the world go round. And so for me, uh, hearing that and hearing that and hearing that, and the three times I almost left Sheridan House in the early years were all for this. Somebody would come and sit down with me and talk to me, and I, and Rosemary, there was this one dinner, this, this group came from Dallas to talk to me, and I agreed to go out to dinner, Rosemary and I, with them and their families. And I wasn't really listening, like, what, what am I doing here? And then he told me the salary. And we left there, and Rosemary said, that was disgusting. I said, what was disgusting? 
She said, you weren't even listening until he told you the salary. When he told you the salary, you leaned in. <laughs> I said, I did not lean in. She said, oh yeah, you leaned in. What are you doing? And it, and it was like, well, you know, I mean, that's like three times what I make. And she said, stop. You're either called to share now, or you're not. He's got this. Yeah, when you're in the process of making Christ your Lord, not just your Savior, but your Lord, you need to change your desires. The overwhelming desire to be financially su successful. To be financially successful. And it's so funny that the second one I wrote down, and you would think the second one is, the next one is, is they're different. Finding our security in financial gain. To be successful, but have security in financial gain. Ooh, and it picks up speed a little bit. Finding our happiness in things. In the things that I have. And here's the, here's the most devious of all. Finding our happiness in the pleasures of the world. I, and I've said this before too, driving up A1A with Roby um, when he first got here to be, a, to be the pastor. And we're meeting somebody uh, up A1A from Fort Lauderdale on A1A uh, for coffee. And we're at the light at Las Olas, going north on A1A, Las Olas and A1A. And there's a woman walking on the sidewalk with nothing on I mean, she had something on. I don't know what it was, but nothing. And I'm at the light, and she's over here. And I look over at her and shake my head and look away. And Roby's watching me. And oh, this was hilarious. He said, Dad, you're over 60, and you still have to look away like that? And I said, I'm not dead yet, you know. <laughs> yeah, and getting these things out of your head, getting the videos out of your head, get, finding our happiness in the pleasures of the world. Yeah, the, ple the most pleasurable thing in this world we need to push towards is, I got to talk about you today, Lord. I got to share with somebody today, Lord. I got to tell a story of a miracle you did today. Wow. Wow. For you died to this life, Bob. You died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And, and I, and, you know, is hidden. I, Lord, I wish you'd just send me a text or something. This is what I'm going to have you do today, and this is what I want you to say. No, Bob, notice. Notice, because if you notice, you won't mess it up by, okay, this is what you want me to do, so I need to... I need, no, stop. Stop. You know, it's the whole story of the, of the Good Samaritan. They're, they're just traveling. And the two religious people, I don't, I'm not taking the time to do that. I'm not, it, it's going to break some rules, and if, I, if that person is dead and I touch them, I won't be able to serve for a period of cleansing. And then it says, the NLT pronounces it, it says, and a despised Samaritan, which is so cool. And goes over, and look at all that he does. Why? He didn't do it for that guy. And you've got to think the innkeeper that he takes him to and checks him in and takes care of him, and he goes to the innkeeper and says, look, i got to get on my way the next morning. i got to get on my way. Uh, here's my credit card, basically. He says, whatever it costs, I'll take care of it when I come back. And you got to think the innkeeper wants to say, do you know him? Bottom line, I didn't do it for him. I did it for him. I don't know him at all. I mean, I don't know whether he's deserving or not deserving. I'm not deserving. Who's de deserve? I deserve hell. That's what I deserve. But for Christ. But for Christ. Wow. Yeah, the picture here, hidden. 
hidden. Okay, you're in there, and greater are you that's in me, and I'm walking through this life. And for those of you that are married, the first, the first area of service is your spouse. Even when you're mad at her. Your spouse. Even when it's not, does, how, she's irrelevant. You're married to the daughter of the king. That's your first. That's your first. Yeah. For you died to this life, Bob, and the way you used to think and, and, and the things you used to watch walk by you. You died to this life. You died. Stop. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So let me ask you a question. Why would you do that? Christ. Not for him. Not for her. Christ. Christ. Over and over and over. And one of the most challenging things with us is the single moms letting them know, we didn't give you this food. We didn't give you this. He gave you this food. For Trader Joe's to say, come and get food every day? We didn't give you this food. Period. And it's that mom who came up and asked me, remember, for a Christmas tree? I feel guilty asking you, but do you ever get Christmas trees? That second, her back is to the parking lot. I'm facing out in the parking lot. Hundreds and hundreds of single moms. That second, a flatbed truck pulls up full of Christmas trees. And I, I said... I'm looking, and I start walking. I said, wait right here. And she turns around and sees all these Christmas trees. And the guys get out. And we're from St. Mark's Catholic Church. We're done selling trees. We got trees here. Would you like a massive amount of trees? And I come back to her, and I said, look what you did. I didn't do that. Well, you thought you were asking me. You were asking him. And she said it again. How'd you do that? I said, stop. I'm more surprised than you are. And you get a tree. Our job is to be alert, is to notice, is to risk, is to risk, is to be radically generous for Christ, for Christ, for Christ. And sometimes some of the people you're generous to, you know in your heart, ah, for him, for him. For you died to this life. And what that means is, when I died to this life, this old life of fear. This old life of fear. You know, Rosemary's Bible study this week was challenging the ladies to be hope dispensers. Hope dispensers all around. She picked up one of these dispensers things. Hope dispensers. People are so without hope right now. They're so scared. Really? He's still in charge. I mean, I, I would love it if he'd send me an email this is, this is how I'm doing it. This is how it's going to happen. And in 2022, January 14th, bam-o, uh, Bob, I got it. You either trust me. Don't trust answers. Trust the answerer. Yeah. The old life of fear. The old life of seeking approval from the wrong places. This was huge for me, too. Wanting my dad to approve, wanting my dad to say, I'm proud of you. And that generation dead, that vocabulary wasn't in him. And I'm sure there's a lot of you who were waiting and waiting. And I would come with these things I did to show him. And he'd always find something wrong with him. And my first book, he, who, who did this cover? It'll never sell with a cover like this. And I, got it, I was so mad. And it was dedicated to him. And I threw it on the dining room table. And I got in the car and drove to the end of I-95. There was a Chevron station at the end. And I pulled in. And I'm crying. And, 
And, and again, I've told you this before, and I'm going to ask God in heaven, did you say that out loud? Because it sounded like you said it out loud. Don't go to your dad for approval. Come to your father for approval. Changed my life forever. Don't know whether he said it out loud. Never heard an out loud from God. Um, but that time, so that I don't miss it, maybe. Yeah, the old life of seeking approval, approval from the wrong places and this old life of secret sin that nobody knows about. You know, Jesus says, you've heard it said in Matthew, you've heard it said you should not commit adultery. But I say if you even look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. Whoa, really, Lord? Yeah, Bob, because it starts with the look and then the thought and then the process and then the fantasy. And I cannot tell you how many, how many men in my life here have come, and say, have come weeping. I don't know how it happened. She and I were on the same uh, work crew, uh, executive committee at, at Bell South or Southern Bell or whatever it was. And he said, and so we started working together and working together and working together. And then all of a sudden we started getting coffee together. And then all of a sudden we started going out to lunch, just the two of us together, discussing business. But, and then all of a sudden one day we didn't come back from lunch. We went to a hotel. I'm having an affair. And he's just sobbing. I don't know how it got it. Well, I don't think anybody gets up in the morning and says, you know what? Never done this, never thought about this, but I think I'm going to have an affair today. It's one little step and excusing it, and one little step and excusing it. And it's interesting because every now and then a new uh, person will come on the team here at Sheridan House, and one of them said to me a long time ago, are you just paranoid? And I said, why? Well, there's windows in every single door here, and there's a glass wall between you and Benetta and Kim's office. I said, number one, I don't want to mess up. Number two, I don't want to even be accused of messing up. I want them staring in my office all the time. Their computers are... There I am, through the glass wall, because I know what I'm capable of. I don't, I, and we have a rule. A man and a woman staff member cannot go out to lunch together if, if either one's married. Done. And it's in our employee handbook. If you can't handle it, this is the wrong place for you to work. Yeah. Wow. And when Christ, who is your life, who is your life. Yeah, there's another cool thing about that. I'm never alone. Amen. He's always with me. He's always with me. Yeah, Philippians 1.20. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. This is so interesting coming from a man who's in prison. This was undoubtedly, of his time, the greatest speaker for God in the world, doing these massive things, massive debates, massive evangelistic things, and then all of a sudden he's in prison. And, you know, I mean, I'd like, to, when we get to heaven, your first days in prison, were you like, what's going on? He's in prison and an audience of two now, two prison guards there instead of thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And I didn't see this coming, Lord. And so now it's just two, and he's sharing the gospel. And we know that a revival breaks out amongst the Praetorian Guard, uh, which is way cool, obviously, Paul. And then all of a sudden, he's deciding, okay, I, I'm going to write letters 
to the churches I played a part in. I'm just going to write letters to encourage them and, and, and tell, teach them more about God. And he's in the midst of writing letters, he goes blind and can't even write letters anymore. So he starts signing the end of, this, of the letters, and you get to the end of some of the letters. This part is written in my own hand, so somebody's helping him write it. What are you doing? What are you doing? Bob, I know what I'm doing. Stop. Stop. And when he got to heaven and realized, oh my goodness, these little letters, half the New Testament, Bible, wow, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what's, what, just do it. Just do it. I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. In other words, I'll never back down from serving you, from speaking from you, from radical giving for you but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or whether I die. Oh, my goodness. Christ can be revealed when you show the difference he has made in your life. And that is our purpose. Our purpose. Our ministry. To continue to show the difference. To continue to show the difference in my life. In my life. Yeah. And it goes, that verse says, and you will share in all his glory. Mm. Christ is revealed. Christ is revealed when you give all the glory to God. Christ is revealed. And here is the mistake we make as men. As he permits us to see areas of success. Areas of wow. And we start taking the credit. And we start doing church growth seminars or visioneering seminars or whatever it is, seminars. No, we don't know what we're doing. You know, it's been interesting because South Florida, something's happening spiritually right now. It's pretty interesting to watch, even in this time. And so people are coming from other places. And South Florida is very unusual. Uh, there's no other place like South Florida. Southwest Broward County is the first place in America where the Latin has more education than the Anglo. You know, Weston used to be Jewish. Weston is now South American doctors, dentists, and everything else. It's astounding. And so we're the new, and they're coming from other places because they know 20 years from now, um, Chicago is going to be like here. And we have 118 countries here represented in, in Broward County. It's amazing. And so watching. But here's what's happened, and this is for the glory of God. The young pastors like Roby Barnes and John Ellswick, and the list is huge, and the seven guys that graduated together from Westminster and all pastors, Brad Schmidt in this town, and we were all out, out uh, to, to lunch, and one of them said in, a, in an interesting way, he said, we had the privilege of wa watching what ego can do to a pastor by watching those three pastors go down in that same time period. And so it's scared us to death and worked at doing anything we can to realize God does it all and staying humble. That God could even use those pastors going down. Oh, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Oh, you even use that? So you can use these times, 2020 and 2021, oh, for the great revival. Now, two things about that, and I'm going to close in prayer. Pray for your pastor. You know, Satan doesn't care about the president of FPNL, but when a pastor goes down, 
everybody gets discouraged. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor.